All right, Iana, you and I have been talking for quite a while that I, you know, generally speaking, I think we would both say a recession is kind of our base case, a recession sometime in the next 12 months. Uh, I had the pleasure of speaking with Joseph Wang, the Fed guy uh, who spent time on the Open Markets Committee desk, um, you know, back in the day. Uh, he was just actually on Ken McElroy's channel talking about the crash up. And I just wanted to have a conversation with you that a crash up, and I'll define it in a minute, is not my base case, but it is something that I think is becoming more and more likely. And I think it is a worst case scenario uh, for the U.S. economy. Um, have you heard the notion or heard the title crash up? Uh, you need me to define it a little. Yeah, I'd rather you define it a little, just make sure I understand what he, what he's talking about as a, sure. a former economist. So basically what Joseph is talking about is he is seeing a path to where interest rates will fall meaningfully. In fact, on Ken's show, he called for his base case of four rate cuts next year, not because there's a recession, just to main, maintain the restrictive nature, right? Because as inflation falls, the Fed will lower rates to maintain that. If we have a recession, more rate cuts. So what Joseph and I talked about about eight weeks ago now was if that happened, we could see a reinflation in risk assets and housing. And obviously, risk assets being the stock market, my most important thing was housing. And I'm looking, I'm looking at this conversation, spent the last week thinking about it, and I'm going, oh my God, he could be right. If the 30-year rate went to 5% and in unemployment never went north of 48 so we're still technically fully employed. And we have a mild recession. I'm like, what the heck happens to housing? What Could housing go up 10%, 15 20%? Now, again, not my call, mm -hmm. but I have to play it out in my head. And I'm going, oh, my God, if housing goes up another 10% in a year or two, this hurts my head. This would create such a wealth gap between the haves and the have-nots. It would be a problem, and I'm calling a crash up the worst case scenario. I would rather have a recession than the crash up, in my opinion. Yeah, very interesting. You know, I I agree in theory. I don't think it's. I don't personally think that it's going to be that high of a crash up, um, and I'll I'll tell you why. Just kind of in general, you know, sure. I I do agree that, and, and in fact, I just saw. On Business Insider today, several of the Fed, um, those that are on the Fed um, committee, mm -hmm. Fed governors, if you will, presidents of their regional bank, many of them came out and gave statements about what they think about rates. And they basically generally are saying, you know, we're not planning on rate cuts anytime soon. We're watching the economy. Um, some are saying we might even raise rates if inflation comes up, but generally... <laughs> Generally, that we're going to, we're you know, yeah. stay the course until we see several months of, you know, evidence that it, that inflation is coming back down. And then to your point, when that might be, you know, I think that we probably will have a recession again, like you in 2024. I just think the vast majority of the numbers are deflating and already yep. in recessionary territory. We just okay. have GDP that's hanging on, yeah. and uh, you know, employment is ticking down, but it's or unemployment is ticking. Um, up 
and right. but not sure. by very very much and so that's my base case but with that said as inflation does come down meaningfully to your point i don't think a lot of people understand this is that even if they cut rates it can still be restrictive because as inflation comes down and growth comes down high rates become more and more exactly. restrictive almost like another rate hike because exactly it's, it's like a rate hike. at its yes. level compared to a, a falling economy. And so they've got to try to drop to keep it restrictive, but not, you know, make it a free for all, which could, you know, cause the, um, the inflation up, it, 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 the crash up, I think is the yeah. term that you use. But mm -hmm. I do think that as interest rates come down, um, consumers will be so excited um, in both the residential and the commercial space that they will start transacting more. Um, well, and well, let so, me put, let me put, let me stop you right there. Cause yeah, I agree. Both of those statements are true, but I think, I honestly think there's a big time, time lag. I think yes. they react residential much faster than commercial. Is that fair? Yeah, I think they do too. I okay. think they too. They do too, because there's still so many homeowners that have felt left out over the last couple of years between bidding wars and then interest rates up, et cetera. And there's very little supply. So I think that if interest rates start to come down and people that really want to sell start to see, hey, now I can go buy the new house at a lower interest rate, then people are kind of incentivized to start transacting again. Um, but there will still be slow supply because I think that's going to be slow. And that's going to mean that that there is price pressure, which to your point could cause prices to go up. The thing that I probably disagree with a little bit, and this is just sure. my gut, this is not based on any stats that I have, because we quite frankly haven't been through this exact yeah. situation before historically, right? Similar, but not exactly. Um, but I talked a little bit with Casey about this um, on our last recording while you were on vacation, and she had the same fear, like, oh my gosh, the prices are going to skyrocket. And I said, here's what I know about the consumer. The consumer psyche has been so rocked mm -hmm. over the last couple of years. Let's say home people that want to buy a home. They went through COVID. They were afraid they were going to lose their jobs. Their businesses, small businesses were shut down. They might have had a go into forbearance on their you know mortgage or their credit cards. Then they're like, okay, things are a little better. I've got some, you know, helicopter money coming at me from the government. And then all of a sudden they start to look for a house and they can't. They can't find a house. There's a bidding war because interest rates are so low. Then they have skyrocketing inflation. They can't afford food on the table. They've drained their savings. Their credit card balances have gone up astronomically and they can't afford to pay their new school loans that are implemented. So the consumer psyche has been so rocked and add on to that the thought of us going into multiple wars and we are now funding multiple wars. And I hear so much more negativity and pessimism from most people than I did pre-COVID because people are just afraid they're tired. They don't know what's going to happen. They're paralyzed by the uncertainty of the future. And I think, Michael, just from my gut of, of that and studies on consumer sentiment, that you're going to see people come in more slowly than they otherwise would in this situation if interest rates was the only thing we were going to talk about. I think more people end up staying put. If they're afraid to move, you know, before they could work from home and find a job anywhere and relocate. Now they're kind of like, my job is like 
you know, a holy grail of security that I need to stay and just stay put for a while, weather out a recession if it's coming. And then maybe I can think about moving again when rates fall even further because of a deep recession. So okay. I don't think that you're going to have so many people rushing out to buy a house again with a small decrease in rates that it's going to cause values to go up 10%. I just don't see it in most markets if we're talking about nationally. National, yeah. Um, yeah, but, I, I, I think you're going to have some. And I do think that values, just like they've held still or even gone up a little bit, even in current environment, I think that it will revamp the housing market a little bit. And you could still see values in homes go up for sure. Yeah, I want to be clear. This is not my call. It's not something I wish for or hope for. It's just sure. it's just something pre-Joseph Wang's conversation I had given zero credence to. Mm. Mm -hmm. I've started to think about it. I'm now starting to see how the dominoes could go that direction. Because I mean, I mean, again, not my. You and I both see a recession. Let's pretend the soft land, soft landing happens. We never have GDP growth less than one percent all of next year, and it's between one and three percent. So, a normal economy. We have the ten year come in because inflation's now two point two instead of three point six. So the Fed cuts five times just to maintain restrictive nature. And oh, by the way, let's not forget, there's a 285 point gap between the 10 year and the 30 year mortgage today, which historically is 180 basis points. Yes. So you get five rate cuts, you get a hundred points in collapse, you get rates falling 225. You're at four and three quarters. Yeah. Like, and that wow. can get people quite excited. If if we start to see that GDP numbers quarter after quarter after quarter come out strong and rates fall, I think everyone's going to say, okay, we're out of the woods. And yes, you can have you can have more. It's just hard for me to see that knowing all the underlying economy. Like even totally even agree. GDP, Michael, if you break out GDP, I mean the Fed likes to say. GDP is yeah. fine. There's not going to be a recession. But we know we had two quarters of negative GDP and they didn't call a recession anyway, despite the yeah. fact that it's technically a recession. So, you know, GDP can be positive, but I know at least two of our GDP numbers. And, and to be fair, I did not analyze and break down yet the last GDP number yeah. that came out that was 5%-ish, right? Um, but two quarters before that, we had one sector each quarter yeah. floating that GDP high where most other sectors were actually already negative and recessionary mm -hmm. or flat. And so yep. you can have a national GDP number. I did see an article that part of that 5% GDP, that a large part was actually federal spending oh, that for sure. generated that, you know, that production. So just because you're not technically in a recession doesn't mean that people aren't still hurting with fears of layoffs. We have higher bankruptcies than we've had in a really long time, a lot more layoffs than we've seen in a long time, a lot of job freezes where they're not giving them raises. And so, mm -hmm. you know, when you still have some inflation, you know, we think, oh, great, inflation's down. It doesn't mean it went away. It just means right. it grew less. Like the amount of inflation that's grown over the last three years, it's still there. It's just yeah. plus a smaller amount than what it was before. And so I do think that people, again, are going to be like, you know, I still have higher costs than I did before. I'm still worried about my job unless we just have everything rebound and be a booming economy. So, yeah, not my base case. But is it possible? Probably. I'll just say this. The Fed has never successfully mm. pulled off a soft landing 
with these kind of conditions going into it. Never. So it would be pretty miraculous in my book for that to happen. And so, you know, what's the so what, right? Even if we're on different pages or, or different pages than Wang, the so what for me, it's kind of like what we talked about in that first video. Let's go buy an alligator because prices no. are always going to go up, right? Um, no. We don't want to do that. We want to no. assume yes. that as we're buying and analyzing properties, things are going to get worse in the economy. Interest rates will probably fall a little bit at some point next year, um, but not substantially. And we need to make decisions based on that assumption, which is kind of the worst case. And then guess what? If these things happen, it's going to be great. We did yeah. make more appreciation. Upside, we can yeah. sell those properties we didn't sell that we think we should have. And we have a lot more, you know, equity and we can, you know, raise rents and we can make more cash flow. We can refi. Um, and I plan to refi or extend my terms when rates drop as well, rather than selling properties. So sure. assume the worst, right? Um, plan for the worst. And then if all these things happen that we don't see, amazing. We'll be so happy. But don't take these kind of things and go, oh, great. Since things are going to be better, I'm going to go buy no. an alligator property that doesn't no. have it, right? Um, <laughs> You're not most so people will not get I, richer that When way. I parse this data, that's how I put it in real world terms. Like what's the so what to me and yeah. how am I going to react based on that possibility and probability? You are so wonderful. Anna, where can people find you? You can find me on your show and you can find me on social media. And for real estate coaching, consulting, and deal review help, you can find me at AnnaKellyInvesting.com. Thank you so much.